Thank you for joining us today at Miniature Wargaming Labs. My name is James, and today I am joined by Adam of No Ghost Games, the designer of Obsidian Empires, a new game coming out. Now, Adam, we're going to start. Let's do the 30-second elevator pitch. So the people who can only stand to listen to a minute of me <laughs> here, um, what's your 30-second pitch on Obsidian Empires? It's a miniature wargaming uh, based on the Mesoamerica pre-Columbian era um, at the discovery and exploration by the Spanish. And it's very simple to play. Um, it's, it's mainly geared towards people that are either new to the era, new to wargaming, and are looking for a fast set of rules to play in un hopefully under two hours, hour and a half uh, around that time. All right, so this would actually fit in really well with War Games Atlantic's new miniature releases. Yes. They have, they have the uh, Spanish Conquistadors and the Mesoamerican boxes out there. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, so before we get any more into depth in game, it's time to prove yourself here. What's your origin <laughs> story? How did, how did you get into gaming? Um, unlike most people, it did not involve D&D. &D. Um <laughs> Uh, I had an uncle that uh, had a collection of, I believe it, I don't know if it was 54 mil or large, those uh, larger, uh, almost old school GI Joe scale, the 12 inch dolls of Napoleonic soldiers. Uh, that always fascinate, fascinated me. And he also had, he also used to build miniature houses inside bottles. Not so, ships, houses. Not ships, but houses, or he would do outhouses complete with toilet paper the whole the whole nine yards and that that coupled with the the colorful uh, nature of napoleonics kind of interest me interested me in like the that miniature world uh, in addition uh i read a lot of comics when i was young and this is like late 70s early 80s uh in those comics were those um advertisements for for battle, battle, historical battles, which would either be, you know, uh, American Civil War, uh, Romans versus barbarians. I don't know if anybody remembers those from that from that era that read comics. And the one I got was for uh, American War of Independence. So I had blue, uh, I had red coats, obviously, and then my re Revolutionary Army was blue. So I had blue and red. I played with that. I just made up rules as they go along, drafted my, my younger brothers to play uh, whether they wanted to or not. Um, and as, as it progressed, as I got older, uh, I found more games like that. And then uh, when I reached about high school in the late eighties is when I was uh, really got into um, uh, Epic scale uh, games workshop, 40 uh, K or Adeptus Titanicus as it was called back then. So I got into that. And I went full into Games Workshop games, which I still do now. But at the same time, I was still dabbling in the historical stuff, buying rule sets, playing games, uh, things like that. And uh, it's been, well, it's been a long time. <laughs> As I said, I read comics in the late '70s, early '80s. I give you a range of what my age is, um, especially when I talk about Adeptus Titan Titanicus in the late '80s. When not, not the new one, all plastic. Yeah, but, this is the yeah. old one that had the the titans and styrofoam buildings but it was the space marine supplement big box with the picture of the i think it was dark angels on the box with the came with the little space marines and, and uh, building space it can be space marines that were basically two different colors but they were the same sprues and the whole the whole story of the horus heresy is what like really drew me into games workshop and from then on i just i just went with games workshop in the meantime i also bought a lot of models on the historical models mainly uh vietnam models because my dad is a vietnam vet so i was always interested in that that conflict so i had the i had a bunch of metal 20 millimeter because i remember distinctly uh, vietnam Viet Cong, and u.s marines but i also had the i think it's uh, the Altari, the small 172 plastic um, uh, Viet Cong and um, U.S. Army soldiers that I would play with, also. So it's 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 just blossomed from there, basically. So, okay. Now, 
You don't. You also have a podcast. I that do you put on there. So you already started to escalate your behavior from <laughs> just playing the game to wanting people to listen to you talk about playing the game. Yes. So I've I've been doing a podcast for the last uh, I believe it's been seven years now. Uh, called TFG Radio. It's 40k focused uh, nowadays because I also judge 40k events um, and help run events. Uh, so the podcast is is kind of it's kind of like when you sit around talking with your friends at the game store, but it's focused more on event and and judging or organizing uh, those types of events, which is really niche compared to what other podcasts talk about. <laughs> um, it's, it's very, if you go listen to it, I do warn you that is very explicit. And we do, we, it's, we don't hold back in terms of our views, whether it's regarding the game, the world we live in. It's very, and I do mention my historical gaming uh, in that, in, in, in the podcast on occasion. So. It pops um, up even there. I, I appreciate that. We keep this a family-friendly show. Yeah, so, uh, it will be edited for foul, for naval speak in there. <laughs> uh, keep that sailor language elsewhere. Um, all right. Now, at some point, you decided you wanted to make your own game. Mm -hmm. What what drove you to do that? And especially Mesoamerican period. Um, hmm. So over the years, I've I, over the years I've collected a lot of, of rule sets. Didn't play all of them, obviously. I think most most historical gamers, especially, kind of think see a rule set like this looks interesting, buys it, and then it just sits on the shelf. Or you read it a few times once in a while. And uh, so over the years, I've collected, you know, uh, DBA, Tactica, Shaco, a lot of the old ones, Fire and Fury. And Jeez. Then, uh, <laughs> yeah. You're really going into the old man bench right there. That, the, like. Well, that was when I was growing up. That's, I mean, that, that's, that's what, what was there. I understand that was there. And I still have some, oh, I still have a lot of those. Um, I did find just as a small sidetrack, I did find one of the original uh, Naval games. I didn't buy it because it was $200 uh, by Gary Gaiax um, for sale, but uh, tempted. <laughs> but uh, just to have, I mean, it's not even, I wouldn't even play. I don't normally play naval games, but um, <laughs> over the years I've noticed, I had noticed that when there were games geared towards uh, native Americans in general, not necessarily Mesoamerica, um, they were very generalized. And especially if they focused on Mesoamerica, both uh, Mexico and South America, they would focus on the big, what I call the big three, which is Aztec Mayans and Incas with very little pay to some of the other indigenous populations in, in the regions. Um, and a few years back when uh, I think well, it was a, a new game had come out and I looked at it and, and again, it, it, it just talked about the big three and, and at the time this is right before COVID. So I didn't really have too much impetus to make a game. I mean, everybody tinkers with games. I think that's part of the nature of being a historical war gamer. And it, it's just one of those things for me that was like, okay, well, here's another game that I'm probably not going to play because they only cater to these big three um, uh, factions. And if you, if there was a rule set that did cater to some of the uh, lesser known ones, like uh, DBA actually uh, has a very good list. They have a list of literally just about everything, <laughs> everything under the sun. Uh, if you ever played uh, DBA, um, I believe uh, Fields of Glory from uh, Osprey, they have a few, a couple books that focus on more than just Aztecs uh, in their books. But in both those cases, and in most cases, when they talk about uh, Mesoamerica armies, they pigeonhole them, they pigeonhole them into a, uh, like a rank and file game. You put them in a block, they fight as a block, they wheel, they do all this stuff that quite frankly, they normally wouldn't do in an actual battle. And I just I, always thought of it. You brought DBA, but whenever they cover the Mesoamericans, it's almost like they just reskin Romans, or like they take well, some other European-centric yeah, army, and, and then, oh well, yeah. instead of Roman armor, they'll have jaguar skins and yes, obsidian-tipped swords. And and that's the that's the, I guess for that system, that's kind of the beauty of it because they have the 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 units are so generic. 
that it's all you're doing is reskinning the units to plan it. And if for those that haven't played DB, it's a very abstract game because you only have literally 12 units and the camp in your in your army, unless you play the big battle ones. But even then, you're limited to X amount of units. And those units are basically broken down into their base elements, which are like you talked about blades, spears, horse, chariot, artillery. There's nothing that really uh, differentiates them a Jaguar Knight unit from a, you know, uh, hearth guard unit from a Viking hearth guard unit. They're just considered blades, you know? Um, so games like that or with fields of glory, they were still in pipe. They were still in blocks, block units moved around like a block unit when in reality, they never did that. And so I felt that, that there need, needed something in, in my mind it, to best represent uh, combat in that, in that uh, era, and and that was kind of the impetus for me to like make something, uh, make a game that I felt would best represent combat in Mesoamerica at that time because it was so different than how Europeans fought, and most of the world in general because of the fact that they tried to. One of the impetus for the for the art for the soldier was to capture capture people in order to sacrifice to their gods. So with that mentality, yeah, they're going to, they may have to kill their opponent, but best the case scenario, they hurt them enough that they can capture them and take them back to their temples where Europeans are just like, I don't want to die. I'm going to kill this guy. So I don't die. And that's more or less what their battles result revolved around. While with Mesoamericans is like, I'll kill him if I have to, but I'd rather not because I need to rank up because they use captives as a form of, raising the ranks as opposed to um i don't know how i describe it european uh i, I want to say merit slash um favoritism for ranking up i mean there's probably a little bit of it in mesoamerica but it's kind of hard to get favoritism when you're capturing guys and that's the way you uh increase your standing in in society so i felt like it it, it i like i said I, I felt like there was a better way to d- represent that uh, the flip side of that, I also didn't want it to be so complicated that it would turn people off, especially nowadays with, with a lot of games going gearing towards more being done in a reasonable amount of time. Uh, like we mentioned, I played I play 40k and I played fantasy before that. I don't play Age of Sigmar though. Um, and a 40k game is literally three hours. If you're playing in a tournament, if you're playing casual, it can be longer. It can be as long as you want it to be. It can be. Yeah. But most of them are. So like when I go to a tournament, it's three games. Like I'm going on uh, uh, one soon. It's three days or three days, three games. Each game is you have three hours to play. And even then you're sometimes not finished. So you start at let's say 10 o'clock. You're not done till like 8 PM with the day. So, and, and not a lot of games are like that nowadays. A lot of games finish a little quicker maybe an hour and a half or two hours, but rarely three hours. And I felt that the game, in order to entice people to play it, to me, it had to be uh, easy to understand, uh, easy to play. And uh, basically, because of ease of play, it should be uh, less time consuming in regards to actually playing the game. Oh, now let me... Let me ask you at this point. So you talk about this is going to be the point of first contact. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the theme, whenever I think about the Mesomet, I always flash back to AD&D, second edition, Forgotten Realms, did Mastika. Yes, I read Um, that book, yes. (laughs) So I know sometimes when they do Mesomerica, is this going to include magic or are you going to actual for a historical feel? Uh, No, it it would be just straight historical. If if in, in... in my no opinion, night, no guys turning into actual jaguars. No, okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it. What's funny is, is I, I, I don't want to say easily, but I could. I mean, the way the system is built, it's it's very basic in regards to information. Um, there are some special rules and things like that, um, but it's mainly based on modifiers uh, to do like a more mythical uh, type of set. It it. I don't want to say it's easy. It would be easy for me to do, but it, it would, I can do it. I'm, I'm very confident I can do it. I can in, in put slide that in, 
if I needed to, or if I was asked to, and if people want that, I can do it. That's not, that's not an issue. Uh, I was just asking because I know the company foot and feather has done mm-hmm. like a pre first contact and a first contact rule set. Yes. They include um, the use of uh wind shot. So there's like a Wendigo creature. Okay. So yeah. That's why I didn't know if you were going to ha- also have like uh what do they call quadricotal? Yeah, um, the the more the myth, mythical beast and some and some like you said like a were jaguar or something similar to that. I I didn't want to do that uh, because there's already uh, uh, Mythica Americas, the game. Oh, I, Warlord uh, Games, War, Warlord and Mythica Studios. So they already have that going on, and 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 my game is I want it to be historic because even then, even then, like I said, they do the big three. They have uh, Aztecs, Inca, <laughs> and Mayans. So so. I didn't want to do something uh, similar. I wanted to keep it historical because I want like I said, I wanted it to be like an introduction to, to Mesoamerica because a lot of people might be at first intimidated by it because it's, it, it might be, it's so different from um, European combat at that time with the, cause you're talking about Renaissance. You're talking about uh, Pike and shot era with uh, you know blocks of pikemen but you know swordsmen uh, handguns arquebuses things like that of that nature cavalry uh cavalry with pistols and things like that um and again the way they fought was much different than how mesoamericans fought so and and like i said i i i feel like easing people into wargaming in general and into that world um if they've never experienced it before now, would you describe this as um, a flavor game, like the beer and pretzels type game? Or oh, since yeah. you come from the tournament scene, would you it's, consider this a tournament? I, I beer and pretzels. I would not. I would. It's not designed for tournament play. Um, I, I mean, I've designed it to and play tested it for have so that there's hopefully, <laughs> cross my fingers, very few issues in regards to the rules. I mean, they'll. All, I think they'll always come up, but it's not. It's not. Initially, it's not designed for tournament play. I mean, there's point values, but even in the book, I, I mentioned that you can you can do whatever you want. Really, you can have it like nothing but Spanish against as you know twice as many uh, Mesoamericans or or however you guys want to play. It's 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 very open to to uh, narrative play and and things like that. All right, now how about we discuss the mechanics of the game? Mm-hmm. So. Normally, in my mind, that includes, like, um, what's the turn structure? Um, is it an I go, you go? Or is it more like um, I move all my stuff, you move all your stuff? Is there yeah. a car-driven mechanic, D10s, D6s, all the, so, all the Ds? Oh, my gosh. So unlike Games Workshop games, it is not a bucket of dice game. What I call bucket of dice, and some people call bucket of dice, which, if you don't know, it's you literally roll a bucket of dice. I've had or an games- orc army. <laughs> yes it's i've had games where okay i'm gonna roll these 50 dice and see what how, if i hit uh no you only you only need uh two dice a d12 and a d6 each player only needs a t- d12 and a d6 and you need values for d12 d6 and d3 uh, which you just take the d6 and have it have a value rounding up um, and that's all you need and that's all you're rolling at most, you're rolling your your need values for all three: for a D12, D6, and a D3. That's very rare, um, but it's mostly D12. You're mostly going to roll a D12, and we did this uh, for the higher variance rather than doing a two D6, and just to to make it set it apart from some of the other games that use D6 or a lot of D6s. Um, it's alternating activation throughout the whole game. So you're not just standing there like in like in a games workshop game. I could literally walk away while you're doing your movement because I don't do anything. I, I remember when games workshops used to be in malls. Yeah. I would like, okay, it's your turn. And I'd walk to the food court. Yeah. <laughs> like go to McDonald's. Come I back. still do that. I, I would walk away, go get a drink from the, you know, from, or a snack from the, from the store and, and then come back. I, I mean, there's a lot of trust involved in that, but yeah, I mean, yeah, so in this one, it's alternating activation where there's the movement, shooting, morale, uh, fighting, all that's alternating. The um, 
the uh, melee and shooting portion of the game is all simultaneous. So everyone gets to do all their stuff, whether the unit was wiped out or take some casualties or take no casualties. All casualties are taken at the end of the of the step, whichever. So in missile, the shooting step, once all the missile troops shoot, uh, at the once everyone's done, then you take the casualties off. Not 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 before or during, like some games do. This is more like I, battle tech of like oh, everyone yeah. shot at the same time. Yes. Now. It, ma- it makes it a lot easier. It makes it more engaging because if 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 I have a unit that I want, I'm really excited to use and all of a sudden it's gone before I even get to use it, it kind of takes some of the fun out of playing the game. Um, a lot of it is very basic. Uh, there's not too what I like to call crunchy in general, where it's very, it's not a simulation. It's one thing I need to, I think I, 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 would like to point out. So if you're looking for a simulation, you're jumping the question list. I had that very question. That was next. Okay. So we're, we're moving into that. So this is not a simulation. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're trying to capture the historic, a more accurate historical presentation of the, of the warfare yeah. there, but you're not trying to do a, like a war game simulation at the Pentagon and like, okay. That's... Yeah. I, I know there are still, there are players out there that do enjoy the simulation aspect of it, where it's almost like they're actually there. Um, but personally i just like playing a game and this is what this is like i mentioned before it's more beer and pretzels you're there to play with pretty models you know roll dice um and so and so when i when i built the game i already knew from the beginning i was not going to make it a simulation or it's not hyper detailed they i do uh we do talk about the different types of units but I generalized a lot of the units as opposed to going into specifics about some of the some of the soldiers in the game. For example, uh, one of the uh, one of the units is 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 a novice, new guy, new guy to the battlefield, or some called the FNG. <laughs> but um, what uh, what I didn't specify is that there's actually three or four ranks within the novice section alone. <laughs> that you could probably go into if you wanted to make it more like a simulation and that, and those ranks are tied to how many captives they have, they have had, they have, how many captives they, they, they got. Okay. Same. That's an interesting. Okay. Well then what model counter are we talking about? Because if you model have that counts. level of detail, that means you have a lot of variability in each model. Like if you have, no, we different... don't, we don't, we don't have that level of detail. There's just novice. Okay, so the whole... Are, are we doing... So let's talk. Is this a squad game or an individual control game? It's a squad game. Okay. So the whole squad is ranked at Is ranked level. as novice okay. as opposed to... If I were to go crunchy or, or simulation, I would I would stratify that, that, one, that one squad into several ranks because you can have a guy that had one... That had captured one, so one, one captive. There's the squad leader who's about two or three captives and then from there and each each section is stratified so among the novices there's between those who have had one captive those of them maybe two and about once once they get to about three they get promoted to another section and in that section it, it stratifies into how many captives or where if you're nobility or not uh then you go when you go into the in the suit the night nightly orders which are the jaguar eagle coyote um that's further stratified into how many captives you have and once you get to a certain level you jumped up you jump another level uh things so it's not that uh that not that specific i just went here's some novices here's some suit wearers here's some uh, nightly orders and it's it's very generic that way. Um, the other thing that the game uses is what's called a um, almost like, I keep on wanting to say common core, but it's a core unit mechanic, meaning um, the army. A lot of the armies in Mesoamerica use utilize the same unit types, uh, which novices, uh, knightly order, suit wearers, things like that. Uh, the commanders, kind of generic. Uh, and so those same units are used by all the armies, most of the armies in Mesoamerica, except for one exception. Um, and uh, because of that, it makes all the army less similar. And what makes them different is just the different special rules and uh, restrictions 
for each individual army. The only army that has individual unit entries are the Spanish because they didn't use any uh, Mesoamerican units except <laughs> as allies. All right. So um, what kind of model count are you thinking? So since this is a squad-based game, how many models on each side? The We, ba we base the, the game on 100, uh, what we call cacao, which is basically the cocoa bean, but basically points based around a hundred points. Um, the point point system is not very granular. It's very generic. So a novice unit is worth either five or 10 points, depending on if you have them with armor or not. Uh, suit wear is like 15 points. Um, so we, it's based around a hundred points, which comes depending on which models you want to take or which units you want to take. It comes out to approximately 40 to 50 models per side. And that can scale either way, the nature of the game. Um, the uh, Yeah, so about 40 to 50, you can easily go more or go less if you, if you want to just start out. If you want to ease into the game, it's, it's not, it scales very well because the point values are kind of are static in regards to, to uh, because there's no granularity in regard. Like if I take a spear, that's one point. If I take a, a, a club, that's two points. Nothing like that. It's just a straight X amount of points and you can give it whatever gear you want. There are bonuses if you get them gear that's historically accurate or what their, <laughs> their, their preferred gear. But if you want to give them something that, they, that that particular city state normally doesn't have, then that's fine too. They just won't get a benefit from it. Uh, just thinking, uh, equipped with shiny plumage to intimidate their foes <laughs> with their wealth. <laughs> there are some of the specials are in regards to uh, some of the some of the uh, accountings of some of the how they how the Spanish describe some of the city states. So <laughs> the warriors. So that, that is a thing. <laughs> well, how long with that model count? How long were you planning for a game to run? What was your idea? I, yeah, with the average game duration would be ideally it would be 90 minutes uh once you start setup could take as long as you got if someone wants to set up but once you get going it should only take about 90 minutes i think because once you especially once you know the rules and once to become uh just part of what you know it becomes very second nature in regards to um the the way the game plays one one of the things i forgot to mention earlier in regards to gameplay is one of the unique things we i think unique things we did was i removed the the armor save which a lot of games have especially if you play games workshop games what we did instead was after you roll to see if you hit if you hit you roll for damage and the armor that you equip your soldiers with it reduces the damage so you don't have to roll you just have to basically uh, hope your armor is enough to reduce the damage enough so you don't take too much damage. So eliminating eliminating the armor roll and having to worry about uh, the you know, looking at charge. You don't really look at charge. It's just a bunch of modifiers, really. Um, and the armor, the, your armor value is basically a bunch of negative modifiers to the damage roll. And, and that determines how many wounds you take. So... So that coupled with only have only having to roll one or two dice at most uh, really cuts down on the time it takes to play the game. Uh, so ideally, uh, we've when the way we played it was about ninety minutes. Once you get the hang of it, uh, could go quicker depending how okay. good or how good your bad your die rolls are. But, uh, I, I have to admit, um, you brought up setup. That was always I show up at store said, "Look, I've got two hours." And it's mm -hmm. always, okay, let's start sitting at the table. It's like, you were here before me. What are you doing? I literally have two hours. <laughs> don't, don't ponder where that hill's going to go. <laughs> Get that on the table now. <laughs> but, uh, so, but speaking about the um, setting at the table, what is the play area? How did you? So the play area is four by four. Okay. Which even with, uh, four, you're, even with 40 or 50 guys, it's about... Uh, seven to eight units, but the unit sizes vary depending on the type of unit uh, you're using. So I've, we found that four by four is about just right for, for the unit size. For example, the novice units, which I mentioned, are in squads of uh, 10. 
Uh, I believe they're the only ones in squad of 10. All the suit wearers and all the elite units are, are uh, they're in squads of five. So if you have an elite heavy army, you're not going to have as many models, but they're a little more durable than the novice units. And On the flip side, you can have a, a couple elite units and then have a ton of novice units, which take up a little bit more of the board. So the guys who ride the giant eagles, how many <laughs> of those go in the, in the unit? Because I assume uh, they, those were factual. Like. The, <laughs> depends who you ask. The largest, the, currently there are only two models that are, that are large, and those are the, the cavalry and the cannons, and both with Spanish. <laughs> Uh, oh, I mean, I, I think people don't realize that is like there weren't any horses here. So yeah, like, guy shows up with four-legged giant dog, like holy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even even people now when they first see a horse, if they especially like kids, if they, they've never seen one before, it's, it's, it can be a, especially yeah the bigger ones. Uh, it, can, it can be an experience, a jarring experience. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now since you brought up the captives is the basis mm -hmm. of rank that's your like your experience points does that mean that there's a campaign feature to this game of where your units can actually fight another unit mm -hmm. have a game mechanic to capture okay they took captives and then you roll into the next scenario and it's like okay well this unit pleased the sun god so now they're better there is there's not a campaign system in the game. However, there is a mechanic where the Mesoamerican armies all have the option to capture models. And if they capture models, it contributes to their victory points for the game. And that's something that's active no matter the scenario. Okay, so capturing people, there's no campaign feature where that helps you further along the game. But when you capture people, that's like victory points because that's that's why you're fighting. Is to yeah. People. So, so there's, there's a, there, there's a, like I said, there's a mechanic that, that the, the Mesoamericans have that, that if you choose to capture, cause you can choose to either do damage or to do capture damage, um, which also allows you to maybe one unit to do damage. And then the, maybe there's a couple, a uh, couple of models that have some damage to them, but they're not dead, not quite dead yet. <laughs> not dead yet and the other unit can maybe use their capture attack to kind of capture basically capture the wounded models uh well, so that, that's an interesting mechanic because i could see in a game that playing out of your behavior in the first couple rounds changes based upon the victory conditions like you could open up uh hyper aggressive mm -hmm. and just start slashing through killing people but then your opponent makes some successful captures and you're like i'm gonna lose this game I yeah. need to switch into capture mode and hope I capture more people than my opponent. Yeah. So th that play style throughout the game. So you might have an opening plan, but that might fall apart as you're, as you're playing, you'll have to switch tactics. Yeah. And so, and also in, in the, that same vein, you can also like start with missile fire to weaken the, the model, the units, and then capture them as you close in. If you want, like you said, if I want to jump ahead, because uh, that's always active and, it's always always contributes to the victory points at the end of the scenario, scenario whatever you scenario you're, you're playing, whether it's just a pitch battle or you're doing specific ones like, oh, if I do this, I get X amount of points. But if I capture a bunch of guys and the capture value is different depending on what what unit types you capture. So if you capture novice units, you get like one point because they're they're just new guys. But if you're able to capture an elite unit, that's worth much more points. And yeah, so when you surround the. Uh... Jaguar Knights with yeah. your uh, horde of novices and just like let's bury them <laughs> in our corpses. Yeah, but we'll get one of them. <laughs> yeah, so if they're able to capture uh, a Jaguar Knight, there it's a uh, a few more points, much more points than than just uh, capturing novices. All right, so I don't really ask this of other games. Have you ever thought about reskinning this game, like applying it to other areas? So like moving it to like the um, the northern tribes like into what we the canada um north america north america was uh just south of the apaches or could include like yeah the, so I'm, the, I'm thinking the the shawnee the pawnee okay apaches the command um the so, cur so currently the 
book focuses on central Mexico. So it's the central Valley with Aztecs, that area, which is why, which I get asked a lot already, when, um, which, cause there's no Mayan. So it doesn't include the Yucatan or Southern Mexico. So if I were to go with further, uh, I would go South. So okay. it, would go, it would go south to include the Mayans and the Yucatan Peninsula and those tribes in that area, which I already have the list for. And then I would probably go further south to southern Central America and South America, which include the Incas. And then I would have the big three <laughs> Aztec Incas in my ass. Um, uh, and that's something either I, I've thought about. Um, and like I said, I already have armies not ready, but they're in the works for the Yucatan Peninsula if, if that ever uh, can be done and, and, and I can do. And then I would just have to do further research for the Incas and, and, and South America tribes. I have thought about reskinning it though for other eras that you don't see. Yeah. I, I, like to, I, I like to focus on eras that you don't see a lot on the tabletop. Like I, like I subscribe to a lot of historical magazines and and youtube channels and, and things like that and i there's a few that that don't see a lot of light of day um i mean there's plenty on world war ii uh dark ages you know napoleonics things like that but uh there are eras and areas of the world that that i feel might that i feel like i can i can use that same system that especially that that core unit system and, and apply it to other armies because there's plenty of, of areas of the world where the units were more or less the same. It's just the the way that nation or that city state fought was just slightly different or uh, they focus on different aspects of warfare than than other city states. Things All of right. That I think, you know, um, I moved to New Mexico and everyone understands it's a Spanish colony, but in the broader American zeitgeist, there's not an understanding of that, how the Spanish conquered um, mm -hmm. that area north of what we think of the border with Mexico today. Like, how did they conquer the Pueblos? So when you go there, they have museums and it's talking about, okay, a thousand conquistadors came north and they brought 20,000 Aztecs with them. <laughs> and so <laughs> that whenever yeah. they discuss warfare of that conquistador, period they never actually mention like oh they always mention like it's such a small force of spanish but they brought a hell of a lot of mercenaries with them yeah well mexican so new mexico actually has this pre-civil war military history that no one games no one talks about no one mm -hmm. teaches it anymore it's only when you actually go to like the dig sites and it's like what are those buildings those are the spanish buildings oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's part of the reason why I, I decided to to design the game because, like I said, there's there's not a lot of of uh, I don't want to say interest, but not there's not a lot of 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 uh, games out there for someone to use. I mean, they could reskin a game, uh, another rule set, but there's not one that's geared specifically towards uh, that area or that era, and uh, and. Yeah. Well, I actually like your idea of um, capturing this is something <laughs> different because um, some of the uh, North American tribes, after horses were introduced and they went nomadic, they developed that coup system, counting coups. Yes. Yes. So it was, was, was the movie uh, Little Big Man? He, he talked about that. And like, yeah. It, they saw it as far more of a show of power to go up to someone, hit them with a stick and say, I could have killed you, but I chose not to. Um, or even if you reskinned it to um, 100 Years War in Europe, the idea that mm -hmm. capturing a noble alive was worth far more than killing him because you could sell him back. You didn't yeah. need to cut his heart out to keep the sun rotating around <laughs> the earth. But, you know, he could he could fund your new wine cellar. Yeah, <laughs> but you need that gold, yes. Yeah, and, and that's one of the reasons why, again, why I did the game was because it, it in every... In every war game previously, they just fought as a European army would fight, not as a Aztec army would fight, whether it's fighting Spanish or fighting another Mesoamerican army, because they didn't fight in blocks. Yeah, they 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 would 
they would come, battle lines would come forward, but they would on, almost break out into individual battles because they're trying to one up their buddies by capturing these these opponents. Well, I think that when we say European, it's a concept of like how Roman armies mm-hmm. or Renaissance armies fought with the medieval armies. Like winning the battle wasn't always the point; is the personal honor of the participants. So yeah. the participants on the side might say, well, we lost the battle, but I came out looking good. So, <laughs> and that's, and that's what's important at the end of the day. So <laughs> that's why I think a lot of how we portray historical war game is through the lens of how we think about war now. Yes. Like that, our sense of values are projected backwards on those. Well, they obviously must have thought the way we did. It's like a French knight might yeah. not care about whether the next guy lived or died but it's like i'm going to kill someone <laughs> yeah yeah very very much so and then that's why like i just said yeah right now that in regards to other eras it i, I think it would translate i think the system in general would translate well to other historical eras and other historical locations um especially non i think non-european like i said i i i want to look at the more uh, lesser known and less lesser played parts of the world so uh, and one of those areas i did look at was like uh, uh warring states china okay so which which had a, which was a lot of basically similar armies and they just those the different countries just fought differently it's that same concept i could easily probably skin skin it to that um Obviously, with with a with a bit of research and things of that nature, because <laughs> it was a lot of research just to do this. <laughs> oh, I, I bet, especially since, uh, gosh, it's not in the academic publishing world. A lot of those hyper specialized texts. Well, they don't yeah, make well, big runs of them. Yeah, well, that that plus the fact that a lot a lot of the historical documents were destroyed. So whether from whether the Spanish or the Mexican Revolution uh, of the nineteen twenties. Where a lot of like uh like where my grandfather was from the small town he's from their city hall they, we never found out what when he was born because the records were burned during the Mexican yeah. Revolution things of that nature so so th- over time the the loss of of uh, the records from uh, Mesoamerica pre-Columbian era is, is makes it much more difficult to research a few things and it it did influence how some of the some of the uh, army list construction for, especially for one army in particular uh, was built because there's no records of them having a similar uh, uh, military hierarchy that the rest of Mesoamerica had. So they had like one elite unit and everyone else were all novices or commoners at that point. So, okay. Now you made this game during the pandemic. So did you put a co-op or solo play? element in, into the game i did not because <laughs> um but uh it it i did think about it uh for a while but i i couldn't work out a system yet uh that satisfied me anyway and to put it in so it might be something for the future it might be something i put out just in general for for war gaming um, cause I have a, I have an, I, a Genesis of how I want it to work, but I don't have, I'm not confident enough to, to put it out there right now, but I've, I found that, uh, when designing that, this game, and I think with anything that anybody works on, um, especially when it's like, I don't want to say, well, art related, especially it's almost like it's never really done. <laughs> There's always something, <laughs> And towards towards the end, uh, uh, before turning it in, uh, I was getting to that point where I was like, "Well, maybe if I tweak this a little." It, it's just like little things, and it it's never completely done. It's just so I'm always working on that. I'm, and with the with the solo game that I'm I'm looking solo game system I'm looking at. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I don't know if it will be done, but it, I may. It may be something I put out there just to just to have it out there for for people to try and play and see and see what they think about it. Now, what when you were putting this game together, whose miniatures did you go with? They were all mine, actually. So you, <laughs> you I, had sculpted? It was, no, no, no. They, not in terms of sculpted. I 
the, the miniatures themselves are from a, a variety of manufacturers, but the collection is, is basically all mine that I've collected over the last uh, 20 years, I believe. So uh, there's a lot of actually uh, War Games Foundry, War Games Foundry, War Games Atlantic, Eureka Miniatures. There's, there's a lot of those. Um, and there's one on eBay that th- is actually 3D printing uh, Mesoamerican figures. Um, but he only sells on eBay um, uh, called Red Copper Miniatures. And uh, th- those are very dynamic. The, the beauty of the War Games Atlantic models are the posability of it because it's multi-part plastic. Yeah. And, and the uh, War Games foundries are a bit, a bit more dynamic also and a bit more, uh, they have a lot of character to them. Um, if everyone's familiar with War Games foundry models in general. And, um, and Eureka Minute, the Eureka Minute are the oldest ones I have. And they're very, they're <laughs> very, unfortunately, they're very much show their age in terms of design compared to designs nowadays. So, and are they just uh, a touch smaller than everything else there, too? Actually, it's not one? that bad, but yeah. it's, it, it's in terms of their posing, um, because it's, it's old metal mold. So, back then, so you're talking about um, early to mid 90s. And they're kind of flat because of the way the molds are, are made back then. You can, you can see the same thing with Games Workshop models from that era also, where they're kind of like two-dimensional in how, into their posing. You, you always saw the, the um, look over here pose where they're pointing their arm one way and holding their, their weapon in another direction. And if you look at it straight on, they almost look, you can barely see them because they're flat. And and that was that's because of the limitations at the time with with the way with the molds and what they could do and 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 some of that carries over in the um, Eureka miniatures. Um, they're they're a little flat, but they're still they're still pretty good sculpts to be honest. Especially some of the the Eagle Warriors, which are probably my favorite ones of those. Um, the War Games Foundry ones, like I said, have a lot of character and, and a lot of dy- dynamic poses. I have a, a number of their models. The red copper miniatures is a, a number of dynamic poses, and they do a number of of, um, of uh, city states as as well as as besides Aztecs. Um, and then the like I mentioned, the War Games Atlantic ones are just very posable and very very ubiquitous in that you can paint them and use them as almost any any city state you want, whether it's Aztec, uh, uh, Toxcalan, or Huastec, or, or whatever army you want to portray they're because they're so generic in a good way um, you can easily you just need to paint them however you want in, in, so they match which army you're, you're playing as well i've the reason i ask is because i've noticed the ease to acquire the miniatures opens up the chance that the consumer mm-hmm. will get so like war games atlantic they just pump out like a shotgun approach. <laughs> yes. Drunk man with a shotgun in the middle of the yeah. world. Where we're like, you know what I feel like today? Space lizards. Yeah. So, but they put out the conquistadors in your set. So mm-hmm. when I was approached about your rules, it's like, um, it's like, well, this would actually be something to where, that's why I asked about the model counts. Like how many boxes? Because those boxes per miniature aren't, aren't that expected expensive because yeah. it's like probably it's for one uh, side two boxes of um the warriors and one box of conquistadors and you probably have more conquistadors than you need yeah yeah the the i know the their box comes with 30 the conquistadors comes with 24 um but you'll probably need i built yeah i, I you, you you probably have enough to make of the of the Aztecs, you just need a couple, a few boxes, and you probably have enough to make an army. Um, the only the only way you don't you would only need to go to other manufacturers for like personality pieces. Yeah, like, that's the leaders that War Games Atlantic yeah. doesn't do like heavy weapons and leaders right now. Yeah, so. same same with the Spanish. Although you could probably kit bash a Spanish leader using the War Games Atlantic kits because yeah, it didn't dress too different like well it wasn't even that it, it well it's that plus it's usually it wasn't usually like a general leading the army it's like a captain or a lieutenant or just some guy that they just say hey we need you to take some guys and go conquer this whatever take some allies with you you know take a couple thousand allies with you <laughs> <laughs> 
as, as New Mexico found, grab some guys. Some of these people aren't working right now. They're, they're just yeah. head north. See how far you get. So, so I think I think the War Games Atlantic Spanish box is probably the can also make a general or or because um, they knew they have a musician option. You can have the the standard bearer option. All that's included in the in the in the uh, the Spanish box, and then you can just uh, kit bash a, a conquistador leader. Okay. So. Now, um, are you looking to expand this game in the future? So. I ask that because kind of like um, snarling badger games, like we're going to make a game, we're going to put out a book and that's it. Mm. There's not doing anything else with it. So are you looking at like, this would be a theme, like changing eras, changing geography, or is like, you're going to do something completely different with space lizards. <laughs> um, uh, as I, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I, it, I do want to continue I want to do two things. Continue with the, with the Mesoamerica theme and head south. So it includes the Mayans and the Yucatan Peninsula and, and that area. And hopefully go further south into South America with the Incas and indigenous populations there. The other thing I would like to do is to do another area of the world. And I, I like I mentioned before, I, China with especially the Warring States period, maybe Three Kingdoms, but but I think warring states would probably lend itself better because there are more factions in that during that era um, that fought, and it gives more more play for players in terms of which faction they want to play. So th- those are the two I'm looking for, looking looking towards. Um, as you mentioned, it it, it I mean I, I'm open to whatever a publisher wants me to make. If they want me to, if they want me to skin it to hundred years war, I can do that. If they want me to skin it to, I mean, it's not just Mesoamerica or, or Chinese where everyone was basically using the same weapons as all over the world, whether it was a uh, Peloponnesian wars or, or things of that nature. So, so I'm open to any era, but my first choice would be parts of the world that have not been war gamed before. Like you don't see a lot of, of warring states, China being played on the tabletop, or at least I don't, (laughs) you you don't, you don't see a lot of pre Genghis Khan Mongolian. Right. So so, tear each other up. So, I mean, that, and that's what I mean. It, it, I know there are games out there, but they haven't been, they're not being played. And part of it could be because there, there might be older games that are maybe too, too chart heavy or too, too crunchy for some people to like i don't want to read all this i just want to play mm-hmm. and that's okay. really what my game my game was trying to do it's just it's just for people that just want to play and hopefully learn something while they play while they while they research or look at the rules or look at the the unit entries maybe learn a little and maybe gain some interest into diving deeper into into that um era now where can i find this game so you talked about sending it off to your publisher who publishes it how can i find it when it comes out Uh, when's it coming out it comes out uh december 1st it is being put out by military miniature press and you can just go to militaryminiaturepress.com and uh they're on the front page obsidian empires you can pre-order now uh, whether it's the uh hard copy paperback whether it's a paperback book or epub uh you know, it, you can you can pre-order that uh, right now. How much? Uh, I believe it's twenty nine ninety five for the book, and I believe it's nine ninety five nine ninety nine for the EPUB or digital copy. Okay, so that's for the so that's a good price on the digital. That's pretty standard, and for the published coffee, that's just a sign of the times. <laughs> maybe maybe two years ago it would have been five dollars cheaper uh, and I, understand. It, I i know it is uh paperback but they also use um i think a better higher quality paper like a glossy you know i i need spiral bound I, oh yeah i don't believe it's spiral bound i believe it's yeah that well that's one thing is i love having the book so i normally buy both okay because i like having the book on the shelf to to read the rule book but when it comes time to like actually flip through, mm-hmm. I, you've done Warhammer. Yeah, like, I know. let me let me get my my codexes, my two white dwarfs, <laughs> and my primary rule book. It it's funny you say that because there was uh, GW put out a chapter approved one year, and it, it was spiral bound. The chapter approved. Uh, I remember. I love that. I well, that little one. The, it yes. actually fits 
it actually fits in the carrying case. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so they put out, I think it was the first one. It was spiral bound. And the next one they put out, I think the, the ones since have not been spiral bound and it did cause a bit of an outrage. <laughs> People were upset about that. Uh, yeah. I, I, when I saw the spiral bound, it's like, finally, because it's yeah. like you buy dark Imperium and he's like, you get your full rule book. Um, put that up on the shelf. Right. But then you have your little, I forget what paper size it is, but it's, you know, it actually folds open. It lays flat Yeah, and flip between it. So. Uh, yeah. The, I think it's a four. I think is the size. Is that? Yeah, that sounds right. I, that's why I can't, I'm not going to testify to it. Like, <laughs> my paper. I only know because I buy uh, their rule book and then warlord games put their little rule books. I think are on a, what they call a four. That's right. The little ones. Yeah. That's spiral bound. Once again, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't have a preference. I mean, I, I, but I'm not going to complain if it is spiral bound. So, <laughs> but I, I prefer actual books in general, as opposed to, to uh, digital copies. Well, I mean, I print them mostly. out. I print them out. I have a spire. My wife has a spiral binder. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like, okay. But it's like, yeah, if you're sitting in my chair, if I, I'm in there, I've got my shelf of war game books, like you said, bought, never played, but they're up on there. I, I pull yes. them down. I look at them. It's like, I don't want to get out like the iPad and like whenever yeah. the power goes out in my neighborhood, what are we going to do? So, I don't know what you're going to do. I got plenty of stuff that's analog. Like, yeah. If I got daylight or candles, I'm fine. Yep. All right. Um, what what made you go to military miniature? Go to the press. I know they're so they're looking for new authors. I know yeah. Os- Osprey's the same way. So like you have the options there. Why go with them? What was, what was their? I, w- I did go to a few a few uh, publishers before that and uh, was told was told uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, in a nice way. Um, uh, and a couple, uh, one of them actually told me it was the subject matter was too niche. Um, but I went ultimately what drew me or what convinced me to, to, to go with them was the fact that I do, I do subscribe to their magazine, mm-hmm. uh, their digital magazine. And I'm very, I, and I've seen a lot of digital magazines and I was very impressed by the quality and the professionalism of the, the format of them and the, how the way the magazine, it looked just, it, I, if I didn't know it was digital, I would have thought it was a print magazine. Well, isn't that everyone's complaint? When are you going to go print? Well, that's like a long time from now. <laughs> but in, in, and so there's that. Um, I've dealt with them before in regards to other stuff because I have had an article published by them, a small article. And just the professionalism and, and dealing with them was very easy and very, um, uh, very, I want to say personal, but, but it, it was very, I, I mean, I, if anyone that's worked for basically a large company, they know what I'm talking about in regards to like that personal touch. Uh, but it, it, I just felt comfortable with them and I felt, I felt by what they put out and what I've seen so far with some of their other books that they have coming out. Um, I'm, oh, I, I feel like they, they would treat it the way I want it to be treated. And, and so far worth working with them. I, I have not had any, I don't have any complaints or any, any issues or any misgivings about working with them. So, so that to, to me, especially cause this is my first book or my, um, and, and I'll always be thankful for that. And, and they would always get first, like first crack at whatever yeah. I develop in the future. So, well, you know, I've, I've talked to the editor, of the magazine before so is this something to where say like joseph mccullough when he does mm-hmm. Crossgrave or something man i think there's actually three individuals by that name and they <laughs> sit at a typewriter all day and grind out stuff but <laughs> could you actually see doing like um extra scenarios or expansions and putting it in the magazine there yes. like, they oh. have kind of like um blaster does or yeah. like, you know, I have an idea, but it's not going to fill 64 pages. But could you see doing like, hey, here's an extra five page scenario or like, yeah, that's 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 not 
that's not out of the question. And it's something I, I kind of expect to do if, if, like I said, if, if people are clamoring for Mayans or, or Incas or something, maybe to tide them over until cross my fingers, I do do the supplement or get the okay to do the supplement. Um, that's, I'm more than happy to, to, to create, you know, either scenarios or, or other army lists, things of that nature for maybe the Portuguese or, or the Incas or the Mayans or, or anybody else, or, or maybe do a, a magical slash monster version, you know, for if someone wanted to try it with like that, because I, I feel like the system really, really makes it easy to do that. I can easily do, could probably, I don't say easy, <laughs> I just jinx myself, but I could, I could do a monster, you know, monster encyclopedia for Mesoamerica and give rules for using, using mythical beasts in that setting if people wanted that even though it's a historical magazine if people really wanted that i i would i would have no qualms about doing that so let let me let me throw out no thought came to me came to me (laughs) perfectly because we talked about solo play or co-op play so um thinking along the ranges of pac-man like one unit of jaguar knights and a bunch of like farmers trying to run away and the like, oh, we need to capture people. And so it's like, you're like Pac-Man trying to run around, capture all these fling farmers. Cause you gotta get, you gotta keep the sun going around. So and it's like, you wouldn't put that in the book. It's like, Hey, here's four pages. Like, right. Yeah. So farmer we, runs away. Yeah. And... Or even, even just like, so I have historical, I, I have scenarios in the book, but they're very generic. Cause I didn't want to dictate what people want to do. Cause like I said, like I said, it's a beer and pretzels, but if we wanted, if they wanted me to put in a historical scenario, like that's something that I, I could do. That's not, um, that's not an issue for me. And that, that to me, that's something that would maybe go into the magazine, like a yeah, thinking, something more serious, like storming the palace. To, uh, yeah, before the emperor willed everything to the Spanish and then killed himself. <laughs> yeah, or, or uh, yeah, weird. or whatever, whatever famous battle between two Mesoamerican armies, because uh, the Aztecs have suffered defeats in in and some of those are chronicled. So we, that's easily, um, easily something that that we could that I could probably uh, put together for the magazine. And then, like I said, or or um, um, a monster encyclopedia if someone wanted to use mythical beasts or things of that nature hey, see now you're wrapping it around to the beginning it's like yeah. hey do you want to add <laughs> the witch now, doctor now it sounds like i'm gonna to have to yeah it's like <laughs> <laughs> the spirit coyote like <laughs> but but yeah so and and like i said it it i do have other ideas for other other eras and other other things and and it's depending how this goes i would talk to the to them to military manager press about possibly doing other books of that nature so if all goes well you know um or hopefully it will it'll happen you'll see more books from me (laughs) (laughs) well now since uh we started coming back to the beginning and i've slowly implanted the idea of putting a quetzalcoatl into the game into your subconscious um is there anything else you want to give you a last word anything else you want to say um, if you like colorful armies that are not Napoleonics, um, uh, Mesoamerica is probably the place to be. Uh, it's a very colorful time, uh, very colorful armies in general. It's a time right before the, the, uh, Spanish arrived that, that even before the Spanish arrived, there was a lot of activity and battles going on, um, and it's the the book itself lends itself to newer players and new players to the historical era. So if you've never played before, I mean, you just give it a read and you'll you may become interested. But um, I think it's a, I think it's a game that that anyone can just pick up and start playing, whether you've played war games before or not. And I think people would enjoy it, especially as a beer and pretzels game. All right. Well, like I said, I like the idea of like. You're a small American game designer. First book out, go into a American press, and you know the miniatures have, like I said, War Games Landing. It's like okay, that mm-hmm. makes it to something my store can bring in, so I can go to my local yeah. store and say, hey, go to the distributor, get these models. So it lowers that barrier to entry um, to playing this era, um, and it's something like. 
you know, it's relevant to my part of the country. Like, yeah. We didn't have Aztecs except as mercenaries <laughs> coming up. <laughs> <laughs> and they decided not to go back. <laughs> they just said, we're going to hang out here now. But, yeah. um, but so even that like, gives yeah, but even that gives you an idea of how the Spanish fought uh, before with their Tlaxcalan allies at, when they went to the Spanish, when they went to the Aztecs. So it's just a few of them, but a th- couple of hundred thousand allies, a couple of hundred thousand friends. Well, I, I remember the first time it was described to me of like um, the Spanish showed up and you know there's this number of them and they took on the opposing million man army with only the aid of their rifles and the other million men behind them. Man, that small group of Spanish were really good. Yes. (laughs) That's what it came down to. (laughs) You could have been on that battlefield and never seen a Spaniard. (laughs) Probably. All right. So we'll we'll wrap it up there. Okay. Adam, thank you for joining us. uh, My pleasure. And everyone listening. uh, Thanks for listening coming on and uh staying on as we ramble here a little bit towards the end <laughs> miniature wargaming labs and we'll see you next time